instead of creating a new sign, we are updating a sign or renovating it. We have a contract with the municipality in Malmö, and the contract is clearly saying that it's our task to uh, do it in a circular way. So we are all the time refusing signs. You're listening to Green Business with Impact. Your host is Jasper Steinhausen. Welcome back to the podcast. And if this is your first episode, welcome. Today, we're heading to Malmö in Sweden and the small company Arcus that designs and manufactures high-quality signs like the ones you see on the facade of the buildings around you. Arcus is owned and led by Andre Sandelin, who is also chairman of the Swedish Sign Association and member of the board of directors of the European Sign Federation. And I just want to go full disclosure here. Andre and Akos are former clients, so I can tell you that it's a very interesting journey they have been on. From being a regular and linear sign company to one that at its core have the circular economy thinking and a desire to positively affect the world and the cities that these signs are a part of. So a real transition and on many levels, and without giving too much away, I can say that this recipe has turned out to be very valuable for the business, as well as for Andre on a more personal level. Aku started back, way back actually, in the 1960s, uh, but it was only in around 2000 that Andre took over. And they've been working uh, with Circular Economy since around 2017. And interestingly enough, they're about the same amount of people today as they were when I first met them, but doing way better financially. So today you get a chance to look into that black box called transition that I know many of you business leaders would like to take a closer look at to understand what it's like in there. So without further ado, I give you Andre Sandalin from Akos in Sweden. Andrew, you and I have known each other for a while, and I would like you to start tell the listeners here about, you know, what was business like for Aquas when we met, and then, you know, brief the journey up until where are you today? Sounds like a great start. Uh, we met in uh, Copenhagen. Uh, I was checking what, what you were doing in uh, Denmark in circular economy, and this was in uh, 2017. At that point, uh, I just started with my company to uh, see how we could transform in uh, doing things more sustainable. Uh, I found circular economy a very interesting way to change how we were doing things uh, at my company. So th then we met and um, after that, I mean, very good meeting. Uh, we were doing a project we had founding from the Swedish uh, Innovation Agency, and we decided to uh, get your great support in that project. And the project was uh, meant to see how we, as a quite a, like a small um, Swedish uh, sign company, how we could transform from a very linear process with single-use products, how we could do it more circular. And what was business like for you back then? At that point, we we had kind of decided that we wanted to do things differently. So uh, we did quite some investment in starting to like just slow down and see what do we need to change to um, 
to transform our products, our business. So we had a couple of like interesting years, but also not so easy because it takes time to transform. And, and of course, it's not easy to do business as usual because you need to and at the same time want to do good changes. Yeah, that's right. So I think we had quite some good um, discussions back in those days about how, how can we do both. So if you compare today to that sort of hard period in time you were working with where you were, you know, you were struggling a bit with, with the business and, and what's business like today? What kind of results are you seeing today compared to back then? Uh, I mean, we, we have had some very good years and it's going very well. And uh, of course, I see the connection very strongly, how we decided to just walk a different way, a different path, and uh, how that is today. Um, it's making such a big difference in uh, the company that we are and the shareholders around us and clients, uh, public clients, uh, private clients. It was definitely the the right decision to, to do do it differently. So I guess it's fair to say that today you have a significantly better and more profitable business than you had back then when we started all of this. Yeah, no, definitely. And also, I mean, if we look even longer behind, I mean, we, we have always been doing quite good business, but definitely it's going even better today. That's great. That's great to hear. Could you share a bit about the things that you do differently today? No, absolutely. Um, I think it quite some different levels. Uh, of course, when we started, we were definitely looking very much into our products. What can we change? How can we make them as we are working with signs and uh, companies, brands and so on? How can we make something that is so unique and custom made? How can we make that into something circular, modular without making it boring? And um, there we found quite some good ideas, solutions for what we can do. But we also, of course, met some obstacles and just awareness about you can't change everything. You can't like go from, for us, doing something like 100% custom made and then starting to do everything standardized because that will, that will not work. No, that's not what your market expects from you, right? <laughs> Not for, not our clients, not the city, and most likely it will be quite a bit too much. So uh, based on that, we, we had to find uh, an approach of, okay, that it's okay that you don't change everything at once. So I think today we feel that we can be very transparent about what we are doing and what we are. I mean, this we are doing and this we are not doing. And, and uh, we are always trying to find the best solution and we are doing it even better when we do it together with the client. Has your relation with your customers or clients changed? Is it different today compared to back before? I think in many ways, definitely, because before we we were looking at ourselves, I think we were more thinking that we were providing a product. And today it's much more about everything around the solution, the service, the value of what we are doing, the function of the product. 
And when we are talking about those more softer values, then you have another talk dialogue with people around you. I think that's an interesting point about this change in relationship. And, and as you say, what is it that we're actually talking about? Does that make it easier or harder or just different to, you know, to be in your sales and marketing process? I would say today that I think it's easier. It's uh, more, what do you say, vibrant, more dynamic. Before we were so hard to try to figure out what the client, what the market wanted, and then just like, boom, present it. Here is the solution. And then many times it was like, mm, that was not what we were looking for. Uh, today, when we are more working closer and finding solutions together, it, it is a better way. So not, not only from uh, the sustainable uh, aspect of this, it's just a better way. Is there a better sort of alignment of values as well for your client base today? So they're actually, you know, inclined to and interested in, in, in having that more open and I guess you could call it explorative dialogue where you together find the solution. I think so. But of course, may, maybe it's also, I think we have been better in actually finding clients that are sharing values and mission and uh, and so on. So I think that's, that's of course, also a big part of the, the change. But I think that's really interesting because I've, I find that a lot, that companies, once they really start to engage in this, after a little period of time when people also start to know about this and they're able to communicate about it, then, you know, that attracts a certain kind of clients that are also more loyal clients. And so, so sales and marketing comes easier because of this alignment of values. So it's not just a matter of, I need a sign. It's actually... I would like to work with these guys because we're on the same track, right? We're on the same page. We're trying to do the same thing. We would like to see the same changes in the world. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You said something that made me sort of write down the word here, identity. Is it like you have shifted your identity from how you saw yourself, let's say five, six, seven years ago to how you see yourself today? as a company, who you are, what you do, what you offer? Absolutely. I think we are still a lot in this transition phase. So um, we, we can see that, oh, we have uh, quite some interesting steps to take in the future. We have definitely another view of who we are today than six, seven years ago. And I think also when we see what other people are sharing or posting about us, it's, it is in a different way today than before. So can you describe the change? I guess you could say you were a sign manufacturing company back then, right? More or less. What are you today or wh where are you heading to? <laughs> uh, I mean, before, I mean, six, seven years ago and 10 years ago, we were very, like, had a big passion for signs and to make beautiful signs in harmony with architecture. And we were very good in that already at that point, but it was a lot of focus of, it was the science and um, other values like, okay, the illumination, the, um, just the quality and the um, design factor. And of course that identity, we could also uh, live quite well with that. We were 
standing out as a, like a good design company in the design industry. But of course, to to start adding awareness and uh, mission about wanting to do something more than that to actually contribute with like good impact to the world and to identify uh, how can we make a difference in what we are. Yeah, and how do you do that? I mean, I, there must be people also s- sitting and considering. So a relatively small company that makes signs, how do you make an impact? Right? So what's your contribution? Where do you focus in? Uh, I mean, we have, we have found uh, quite some areas to focus on. We have done a lot of changes in our products, actually, to to make them better in like using more uh, recycled materials, making them more circular modular so they can live over many cycles and so on. So you can actually have a sign that's been used before? Is that what you say? That we can have, yes, of course. Ah, ah, interesting. Yeah, and we are making signs in more bio-based materials. And of course, that, that is very good for making the carbon footprint lower for our our clients' brands and so on. But then then we also found like other perspectives of, okay, signs in the urban city, can we do them differently? Can we can we make impact not just thinking about this aspect of yeah, the environment side. The environment, yeah. yes. So then we start to think a lot about maybe we need signs that are like helping people finding the way we want signs that are not contributing with uh, too much light and so on and not make it like an overload of information in the city. So it becomes kind of like a mental support. I mean, you, you have that mental angle to your sign that it's what are we exposed to and that sort of stimuli overload. Is that what you're sort of working in on as well? Exactly. You are saying it very well, Jasper. It's... Um... And actually to be able to work with clients and to tell them that, but actually you you don't need this sign. You just need this, maybe a smaller sign. And to, for, for my team to have that freedom to say, okay, we should do whatever is best. I still think that we are much better out as a company all the time focusing what is the best impact. Let's just say I show up and I imagine I need a sign and I'm interested in just, you know, I want it powerful, full light, everything. You should see it like a hundred miles away. That's what I want. And then I sit down with you people and they start telling me that I should actually perhaps scale down, make it smaller and think about the impact and mental health of people in the urban environment and perhaps use it in recycled material from something that was a sign for a competitor last month. How do they react to that kind of input? I think many clients are, I mean, maybe a little bit surprised about that approach. But I must also say that most of the times that's the start of a good cooperation and dialogue. Uh, and it's not many of those clients that are start looking for other solutions. And I guess there are not that many other places to go. If they like your approach, uh, there are not that many other companies that will that will treat them the same way and ask the same questions. 
No, I don't think so. Um, and I think for us, it's been uh, quite easy to feel if we have that approach and that big focus on in the right sign at the right spot and even to refuse a sign that is uh, not needed. Do you say no to clients? We we do. Yes, we, we are doing that like every week. We have a contract with the municipality in Malmö and the contract is clearly saying that it's our task to uh, do it in a circular way. So we are all the time refusing signs. Instead of creating a new sign, we are updating a sign or renovating it. I think it's really interesting. You're touching on some points that are questions I get so often uh, when I'm out, especially if I'm out speaking or something where there's lots of people in the room. There's almost always somebody talking about the impact on sales. And does it mean that we cannot do this or we cannot serve this company? Or, and I think it's just kind of nice to hear that you, you, know, you really stick to the values and your, and your identity and say, well, this is not the right solution. So it calls for some guts as a leader and owner of the company to dare to say no. What does it sort of the, the business case in saying no? What do you think that is for you? For me, it's just so important that to have this good feeling inside you that you're doing the right thing. If not, then I would most likely do something else instead. So for me, it's like a question of doing this or not doing this. I can... Just imagine doing this if it has a good impact. So even if we are refusing science, last year was our best year ever. And uh, we can see this year is even going even better. So for me, it's, it, it is logical that when you're doing things in a good way and when it's driven by wanting to create a good impact, that's uh, what's needed. Albert Einstein famously said, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. So if you want to change your business and make it thrive while making the world a better place, you need to think differently than when running a business in the traditional way. You need the right mindset. With that in place, everything else gets easier. To help you, I've created a simple self-assessment tool for you to score your current mindset and give you inputs on how you can improve it. It's free of charge, it takes less than 3 minutes to complete, and you can access it by going to greenprofit.scoreapp.com. You clearly have shown here today that you have created success, I mean business success, and also impact-wise success using circular economy in your business. And I know a lot of people are trying to find out how to do it. And I was just wondering, do you think that there is, you know, a different approach or something that's important to understand or a specific kind of mindset to the way you work with circular economy that, um, that you can sort of extract that other people might learn from? I mean, as a company, we are not a circular company. We are just all the time trying to do things the best we can. We have circular solutions, but all our signs are not circular. Some are circular in one level, but not completely. And at the beginning, I think we tried to change everything at once, and it doesn't work like that. Not for us, because maybe you can, as a startup, start to do something 
from scratch and then just do it completely uh, in a certain direction. But for us, we had to find a way of transforming our business. And uh, we have a lot of science that can just be used for this specific client. We have cut out letters for a specific logotype. So it, it will not loop 100%. It's not like, it will never be 100% circular. But we can try to find solutions in like, okay, what material are we using? Can we loop the material to this sign? Can we use recycled material? Can we use better material? Can we use less material? Or can we even, as I said before, refuse the sign and do a smaller sign? And to feel okay with that, sometimes companies or organizations are addressing us as the circular sign company. Oh, and, uh, and that's interesting. That, that's and, interesting uh, that's... that competitors think that. Yeah. And uh, of course, then we have to say, no, we are not a circular company. We are just all the time doing things as good as we can, as circular as possible when it's when you can. Yeah, it's your toolbox on a daily level. And the more clear and transparent we can be about that and together with the client, you make choices together and we are guiding them and, uh, and so on. So actually that leads me to, uh, just to, to sort of pick up something you said there about the transparency. What, what, you know, what's it like to communicate about this and do you ever get people sort of coming back at you and saying, this is just greenwashing and you know, what, what a lot of leaders fear. Yeah, I think, I think there something happened there when we, when we understood that it's okay that we are not doing everything perfect to start with. We were very careful. We, we didn't communicate at all because we felt like, oh, better not say anything because we didn't want to start greenwashing what we were doing. Uh, but it's actually much better to say what you are doing and what you're looking for, what, what is your mission and uh, how can we do this together and so on. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you also mentioned this combination of the specific results you do and that sort of bigger context that also shows this is not just a one-off thing. It's not like, even though we are not perfect, it's not like we're just doing one thing and that's all we tell about, but it's like, no, we are on a journey and we would like to invite you in on that journey actually, right? So it gives a, another level of credibility to to have those different factors in and perhaps also being able to show a bit about what's going on, you know, where what are the steps we've already taken and and what are we planning to do tomorrow, right? Can definitely agree on that. <laughs> I think it's a really good example also for listeners about this, how it changes the, the relation with the clients uh, because I see that a lot and, and a lot of, for many business leaders, it's also like, well, yeah, I hear it, but but is it really true and how and what does it mean? And here I think is a really good example with you and, and Akus on you have a better match with your client and a different kind of relation and a higher level of trust. And I, my guess would be more people that are coming back for resale and upsale. Um, yes, I think we have a very good uh, loyal client base today. 
And that, of course, is one of the keys to how do you make consecutive years better and better, right? Because the price of acquiring a new client compared to making yet another project for an existing client is, of course, obviously significantly better. I would like uh, towards the end here to sort of zoom out a little bit. Uh, so this is a big of a bigger questions that I like to ask my uh, all my guests because you know there is a lot of changes that we need to see in the society if we are to end with anything similar to what we could call a sustainable uh, world, a uh, sustainable society. But what role do you see that business play? So not Arcus per se as a company, but business in general. What role do we say business play in making this green transition happening? Uh, I think business can and should play a big part of this. I think uh, running a business today, if you want to continue being successful in the future, I mean, you have to be a part of contributing and uh, leading the way and uh, finding new ways of doing things. And uh, I think being a little bit, not waiting too long to dare to do changes. And uh, I think that's a smart thing to do as a company. And then I think I think uh, that will happen a lot with regulations and so on that we can clearly see in, in I mean, in Europe with the taxonomy and the Green Deal and so on. Yeah. For sure, it is. Even if it's just maybe more affecting like really big companies, but it will come to a point where all companies need to figure out what is our role in this. And uh, it's always better to be in control of that plan and to be that company instead of being forced by regulations. So I think we, I think we need both front runners in green business. And uh, regulations, of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure they both play a role. But I think this is a great place to end because I, I like what you said that, you know, it's really down to a choice about, you know, do you want to move ahead on your own and decide the pace and the strategy yourself? Or do you want to wait until you're forced either by regulation or by your market, right? And clearly you've chosen the first path and clearly you have a great business doing it and a company that you actually continue to want to own and operate. <laughs> and I guess that's the core of it, right? That's what makes every day worth going, getting up and going to work for. So I think, um, you know, for that sake, I would really, really like to thank you for showing up here today and, and sharing some of the insights and the journey you've been on. I just wonder if some people want to connect with you and or know more about Acus or or you know just yeah just connect with you as a person. How do they do that best? I guess the easiest way is to just contact me at LinkedIn, Andre Sandalin, or uh, or send me an email, Andre at Acus.se. All right, we'll put that in the show notes as well, so people can. Uh, can find the link directly if, if somebody wants to connect. Great. Well, Andre, thank you so much for, for today. It's been a true pleasure uh, having you here. Yes. Thank you, Jasper. Great talking to you. 
You've listened to Green Business with Impact. You can get more insight on how to create circular business on bwimpact.com. If you want to get in touch, you are very welcome to connect with Jasper on LinkedIn. Just type in Jasper Steinhausen. If you have questions, comments or suggestions for future podcast episodes, please contact Jasper, J-S, at bwimpact.com. Dot com.